What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is the NWA podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And this week, we got a special one for you, but I just wanted to take a second day. And again, thank all of you for all of your support of the show, the reaction to the Marty Bell interview, uh, you showing up on Tuesday nights has just been overwhelming, and we are grateful for all of you. By the way, if you don't do it already, Tuesday nights after NWA Power, make sure you go to YouTube and check out This Is The NWA's YouTube channel. We do a live after show every Tuesday night, 7.05-ish. Whatever power ends, start looking for us. And we do an episode for the podcast that if you're only listening to this, you hear it, but... After each episode, when we wrap the podcast portion, we hang out with the people in the chat and talk about all kinds of stuff. We get into all sorts of shenanigans, and you also see special appearances by uh, the Vice President David Lagana, Nick Aldis, the real world's heavyweight champion, or the women's champion, Thunder Rosa. Everybody's been in that chat at some point or another, so uh, you're missing out. If you haven't done so, we'd love to have you show up for the live shows on Tuesday nights. That out of the way, have you got your Crockett Cup tickets yet? They went on sale this past week, and uh, boy, did they move fast. Uh, Elder Sour Adam and I decided to try to get front row seats and were unsuccessful in that venture. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, front row seats went too fast for us to get any. We are still on the floor, and we're still looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time either way. I don't think there's a bad seat in the house, but if you have not gotten tickets so far, you better get them because they seem to be going fast, so you want to make sure to be there for what is sure to be a historic night in Atlanta, GA on April 19th, 2020. Okay, moving on this week. It's our first time ever interviewing a tag team. If you've been paying attention, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you saw uh, NWA Power was preempted by a new show from the NWA called The Circle Squared. And in that show, you have the power to pick out of wrestlers that show up on that show and see who could advance on and potentially get a contract with the National Wrestling Alliance. In this episode, you saw the tag team of Luke and PJ Hawks, a father-son duo, take on the Russians, Jeff Lewis Neal, Tyson Dean, who are coached by Nikita Koloff. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have anybody in the Circle Squared. We want to have them on the show and give them a chance to get their voice heard. And uh, if we could do anything to promote them and help them, just so you guys know a little bit better about who they are and see if you want to support them. And maybe you drop a line to the NWA telling them that you want to hear more from these folks. Well, that's the goal, right? That's what we're trying to do. And we figure the least we could do is try to help other talent try to make a name for themselves. So right now, on this episode, we've got the father-son duo, PJ Hawks and Luke Hawks. If you haven't heard of them so far, they're two great dudes. And uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to them. Very talented guys. And yes, 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 yes. We talk about the mall dive. So... No worries there. I know a lot of you uh, are interested to know more about that. We get PJ and Luke's thoughts on that and the criticism they've faced over it. So without further ado, I'll stop talking. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, Luke and PJ Hawks, Hawks Airy. <laughs>
And I am sitting here with Luke and PJ Hawks. What's yeah. happening? So everybody just saw you guys debut on the Circle Squared. This was actually, it's, it's weird because I remember meeting you guys there and it feels like it was forever ago. And so now we're just... December. It was December. It was a good while. Oh, ago. yes. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So what's it been like waiting for that? And I, I, we were just talking right before this, but you guys didn't know anything either. You didn't know what it aired or... Nah. It's cool, but we've been super busy outside of that because, uh, as people know, I'm in the film. We're both in the film business. So outside of that, we've been uh, working on a bunch of projects. Perry just finished up on a few movies. And like right after we filmed uh, Circle Square, I was actually in Atlanta at the same time anyway, because I was filming uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier for, for, for Marvel Disney, whatever you want to call it. And then I jumped on another project and he jumped on another project. And then he had state championships Hell, from yeah. amateur wrestling and a bunch of stuff coming up, you know, so it's just. Everything's been nonstop, but we didn't know when Circle Square was uh, airing. And, of course, the prior week before that, Perry went big-time viral. So from that mall jump, and, and that's – that. I mean, we're still getting stuff from that. That's like – we just got sent a clip of him on Japanese TV yesterday, so which yeah. is crazy, all, all the way over in Japan. So right now for us, it's just been busy, busy, busy. I just finished up another Netflix film I've been working on all week. This week, literally like work, working 12 to 14-hour days plus wrestling on the weekend, so it's just – Everything's kind of hectic, but a good yeah. way. You know what I mean, what yeah. you want. No, no. It's, it sounds like you got a lot going on. That's like you just did like an overview of like a hundred things I want to talk to you all about anyway. So uh, one of my favorite things is when I was looking at you guys, I uh, I do a, I do another podcast besides the wrestling one, and it's a movie podcast. And so it's like a whole okay. separate audience, but it's – Is uh, that the one you – did you hit me up about that on you on Twitter, somebody hit me up about movie stuff on Twitter recently. No, it wasn't me. I don't think I've done that yet. I was thinking about it, though, when I was looking. I was We were just running through some of the Mad Max movies, and we were talking about the stunts in that and yes. like uh, just, just right. how badass some of the stunts were. And uh, so it was cool when I was looking at you guys uh, do a little research. I was like, okay, like it's stunt work here. Me and my buddy were just talking about how like stuntmen don't get any credit like in nah, Hollywood. Bro, we don't like get that. nothing, but we get paid. Yeah, we, we get, get paid. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard work, though. Hard work, but you know, yeah, that's a a big fight right now with uh, within the industry because they're trying to get the Oscars acknowledge stunts and you know, acknowledge stuntmen, stunt coordinators, all that stuff. And because it's such, they're such a big part of the film industry, these films wouldn't be nothing without stunts. I mean, they'd be crap, no, these big action films, but we're not getting the credit that we deserve for it. And a lot of times, you see stunt guys, and without the stunt guys, that film wouldn't have been pulled off correctly, you know, like. There's certain guys who do their own stunts, like Tom Cruise. He does like 95% of his own stunts. But majority of the other guys have stunt doubles or all the action bad guys in their stunt guys. Like me, I don't do a lot of stunt doubling because of my size. I play a lot of big character roles. So you'll see me getting killed a lot in different films as like Logan and Fast and Furious and all that stuff. I got one coming out on Netflix coming out soon this year with Jamie Foxx. That's pretty good. Got a nice little role in that. And then again, I just filmed this vampire movie that'll be for Netflix. Netflix, oh, bro. They're, they're killing it as far as work-wise, but they're also robbing us because we're used to getting residuals and stuff, and Netflix ain't paying our residuals. They're making all the money, but they're not putting out any residuals. So uh, that's kind of a oh, BS wow. deal that the SAG Screen Actors Guild needs to get on them about and you know recondition our deal. About that. To benefits yeah, I was about to ask if they could do something. Yeah, it's kind of – the thing is they don't report their numbers. So say you watch Logan – over here and then you got this film over here whatever you want to call it like that, that that's just independently produced and goes on netflix at the same time say logan gets fucking oh sorry i don't mean 
Say Logan gets. Oh, you're fine. Say Logan gets 20 million views, and this one only gets 100,000 views. Well, they're lumped into the same residual pool, which is crap. You know what I mean? These guys over here are pretty much going to get the same as this, because like, Netflix doesn't have to report their numbers. So, which is both. So, uh, you know, hopefully that changes. I think, I don't think it can stay like that forever. But then you know, you've got all these other streaming networks that are starting now, like Disney's hot. You know, every, everybody, big, Hulu, yeah. everybody's YouTube, got a streaming YouTube's network. Got stuff now. Yeah. So it's really, it's really up to the SAG, you know, screen actor, um, SAG after to go after these streaming departments and do better contracts for us. Yeah. One of the big things we were talking about, like uh, just with Fury Road, like we were doing Mad Max Fury Road and we we're like, man, can you imagine if like you can tell it's not all CG, like there's people actually risking their lives, like making this movie happen Look, and stuff. And it's- my best friend died in Walking Dead, bro. You know, I mean, one of my one of my best friends, my training partner, we broke into business together. His name is John Bernicke. It was a big deal. You've seen it all over TV and news, and uh, it's no joke. And he was one of the most talented guys I knew. I mean, he he had – look, the dude had more talent in his left hand than I had in my whole body. And he worked constantly, and he, he was phenomenal and just a freak accident. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he lost his life very young. And it, it happens all the time. It's, it's not – you know, it's, it's something that – it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. And it's happened, you know – recently several times throughout the last few years and again these guys are putting their lives on the line they're not getting credit and they're, they're getting shorted pay for it so uh right no we definitely uh, some things got to change it's a great business and we're blessed to be a part of it but some things need to change yeah and so pj you got into it because your dad was into it is that like kind of how it rolled or like what what made you decide you wanted to take that step yeah I, it's just something i mean seeing that i mean movies are cool you know every, every i think every kid dreams about being in some kind of action movie or doing something but uh i got into it i want to say the beginning of 2018 so it's been about two years uh, about two years now but yeah he's he's called me he said hey we got a potential stunt role for you and then um I went there and I did it, and uh, it was a, my first role. Was I had to fall back and hit my head on a porcelain toilet. So of course they put a little foam <laughs> pad on it, but uh, you know I did that about 20 times, stuff like that. But it was a definitely an interesting experience. But it's yeah, I can it's close to bumping, so you know so it can be dangerous of course. But it was yeah. stuff we worked on. Yeah, you know, like like we we prepped for everything obviously, and uh, you know you're not just gonna get thrown into a spot that you don't know what you're doing or you have no. So you slammed his head into the toilet a few times and stuff yeah yeah at home yeah, at home. Let's for this. Go to the bathroom no nah, like that role that was his first gig and it was a little they they knew he could do some dialogue so they threw him in as a little actor yeah, role, which was cool and it was a major part of the movie it's called simplify it's all out right now on uh okay. all, i don't know if it's on any streaming networks yet but it's definitely it's on dvd yeah and you can purchase it online or whatever it might be on some streaming networks right now it was cool because he's the focal point in the movie the thing is the guy goes to jail He's a Marine for a bar fight because he kills PJ in the gotcha. bar fight. So that's the whole premise of the movie. So for his first film, to come in and get a little acting role, doing a little stunt, you know, hey, it's a big deal. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot, though. Dead. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's good money, good experience for me. And just it's just a different outlook for me to, you know, get exposure and also just learn a different industry as well. And a lot of different styles of training. Mm-hmm. So what we do in the stunt field and the film field is different than wrestling. A lot of people think they relate. In some ways, they kind of do, but I thought when I did my first movie in 2006 in Mexico, I thought that was going to be easy peasy because I knew how to wrestle and I knew how to fight and I knew how 
And then when we filmed it, I was like, man, that looks like crap. <laughs> what am I? I thought they would transition and they didn't transition. So I actually went to stunt school for a few years and trained with a guy, Phil O'Dell, here in Louisiana and uh, learned everything I could about it. I'm still learning. Obviously, I learned, you know, trying to pick up as much as I got some good, a good background now. But like you can always learn more because there's so much involved in it from fighting to wire work to camera angles to driving to like so, you know, fire yeah, burns. Yeah, diving. So many different angles of it. And, you know, there's got there's people who have specialties in each field, but you really want to be well-rounded in everything. So you're always working. Like, I mean, your your history, Luke, you, you so you started wrestling first, right? And oh, then yeah, you, yeah. You, I started wrestling yeah. in 1999. Well, I saw you were in, um, man, I actually remember this. See, like, I was thinking, I'm looking at you two right now, and I'm like, God, I can't even picture having a son that old. Like, did you start when you were 10? Is that is that yeah, what happened? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think me and you are like the same age and like, uh, and PJ's like a grown man. Like he's, it's just crazy to me. You look like brothers. Well, we grew up together. You know, I started getting a lot more mature when I had Perry, PJ, whatever you want to call him. I call yeah. him Perry because PJ short for Perry, but it's, it's a blessing because we're so close and always have been. And the only sad part of it is like a lot of my younger life when I was chasing it, and trying to turn it into a living, I missed out a lot on his life growing up because I'd had to go, I'd have to go to so many places or be gone so much ago. You know, like when I was getting ready for Wrestling Society X, which we filmed in 2005 and 2006 and stuff, I didn't have access to a ring in Louisiana. So I had to move from Louisiana to Philadelphia where I could wrestle more and wrestle two or three times a week and go train somewhere and do all that stuff. And which meant I left him. You know, he stayed here with his mom. But I had to go live out there for almost a year to train and get prepped. So, you know, I'm not just wrestling once a weekend or every other week because the, the territory in the South was dead. Then. There was no wrestling here and wrestling wasn't explosive like it is in Texas. You know, there was very few farm between promotions. So it, it was it was a lot. And I had to make that sacrifice to move and stay away. And I did that several times. So that that's a part that that sucked growing up. But now we're reaping the benefits off of that. You know, because I put so much work into it and turned it into a career and turned it into a living, which turned it into me opening Wildcat Sports here in Louisiana, which is our training center and our school. And, you know, he was along for that ride. And it was something that it was not nothing I corkst him into. Uh, like I, I, he was there. He wanted to do it from a little boy. He was drawing pictures of wrestling, you know, at school and doing projects. It would be on wrestling or be on his dad, which was cool for me because. I didn't see that side of him. I didn't think he would have any interest in that stuff. And it turned out like it was all he was interested in. I mean, I knew he loved it and he'd want to be around it, but right. You know, I didn't know he would get into it because you never know. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to be that parent. Like there's a great documentary. My friend Chris Bell did called trophy kids. And it's about parents who make their kids do something they wanted to do. Yeah. And so it's really terrible because these parents are just gruesome on the kids They're terrible to the kids. They want these kids to be perfectionists at things they couldn't do when they were younger so the kid's not – look, you got to put a lot of hard work in to be a champion. You need to have coaching from a young age. It has to be – you know, it, that's part of it. But when you see these kids who really want nothing to do with it and the parents just hammering them, hammer and hammer them, you know, I didn't have to do that with him. He wanted to be a part of it, so it was cool. We had that connection. And then now it's the best feeling in the world to have him as my tag team partner. Is it uh is it tough, like, when you see him in the ring, like you, you see him getting beat on by somebody? Like Brutal, you know? brutal, because <laughs> – at some point, like, you know the selling and the entertainment side of the business. But as a, rest, as a wrestler, I know how much things really hurt 
and how it affects you and, you know, all the odds and angles like the fans don't know that they think they know. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. They think they know, but they don't know. Right. You know, and as a wrestler, you know that I'm like, man, my kid's in pain and it's that's the tough part to watch. But I got to let him be a man. Right. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I mean, you, you, uh, in the circle squared, I saw like, uh, PJ, you got like a little blood and everything. You, yeah, you got, it comes with, you know, you gotta take the punches and leaks, you know what I mean? But that's, uh, it's just something I learned growing up. I knew this is going to be a tough sport and that's why I started amateur wrestling in high school too, just to get tougher. I was always kind of that smaller kid. I still, I'm not the biggest now, you know what I mean? But I was about 132 when I started high school. I'm about 180 right now, but I just that just toughed me up. I knew I had to get a lot tougher, both mentally and physically. And now I don't care if a freight train comes at me, I can take it. You know what I mean? Is I can he, dish it back out too. He's a tough kid, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like especially from the mall diver, people just seeing him for the first time, and it's like, oh, he's too small. Or you get some, you get those comments. But you know, he's also young, and they got to understand he's 180 pounds. He's a lot bigger than a lot of guys that you see all over, even on WWE or AEW or Ring of Honor. Or any, he's a lot bigger than some of those guys. But the thing is. He spent so many years cutting weight for four years of high school wrestling and always trying to be under. Now it's trying to be bulk. You cannot properly bulk up overnight. It has right. to be done over a long periods of time. Yeah. And, and it don't matter what you do. I got, if you do steroids, you're going to lose it quick. As soon as you get off steroids, you're going to lose it. And I want him to bulk up properly. It's the same way I did. It took me forever. If you watch old Alter Boy Luke videos, you've seen I was smaller than he was. I was 145 pounds when I started professional wrestling. When I was Walter Boy Luke, I was 145 pounds in XPW. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And look at me now. I'm 220 now. So, it's like, it yeah. takes time, bro. Yeah. And, uh, like he, you know, he gets a toolage of me. So, yeah. I get, you know, in the gym, in wrestling, in films, that we do everything together. He so. can't shake you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, man, you didn't seem small to me. Like, I, I well, I, but I met you guys in person. But, I mean, you, you got to be like, what, 6'2 or something like that? I'm about yeah. Yeah, six six foot six one, depending on what scale I use. You know what I mean. I'd say, yeah. but uh, I never got my lips on. No. Well, I always think I'm like six, and you felt it felt like you were taller than me. So, yeah, he's yeah. a little bit it's, tall. He's six. I'm 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 right at that six mark, and he, he's a little bit over me. So I'm like I that five eleven and a half, and he's right there. He's got a good yeah. inch, little gap over me. Mm. Yeah, well, the business has opened up a lot now. It seems like where they're they're like you said, like a lot of smaller guys than that, you know, running around and stuff. So that's cool. I don't, I, I, I haven't seen those criticisms of that. Uh, there's I always just, criticism. Yeah. You can't pay attention to yeah. it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm explaining about his. Uh, oh, look, we got we got another guest today on the podcast. This is Bo. Oh, oh Bo. Yeah. That's a cute puppy. Yeah, I got some dogs downstairs. I'm hoping uh keep their mouth shut while we're talking <laughs> all right well we we hit around it but i gotta ask you obviously you you, you have you you've had the the time here between when you filmed circle squared and right and i don't know if you could have timed it any better you said you didn't even know when we were talking about uh beforehand that when the circle square was going to air but like a week before all of a sudden you're like viral every place i look i'm like hey i know him i've seen him before <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah yeah, it was. Uh, I wouldn't say it's coincidental. Of course, of course, we didn't know it was coming. But I mean, like you said, I don't think the time could have been any better. You know what I mean? It was uh, right. I think what literally the week after that happened, that it uh, Circle Square aired, right? Was, yeah, yeah, literally a week, like yeah. a week and two or three days after, two days after. I think I right know. before that, I had seen you guys on like the the Retromania wrestling thing. You guys yeah, were in that tournament. So it's been a lot where you're getting some notoriety from all different angles and different aspects of wrestling, you know, from so so and social media aspects. So it's cool. It's been a little whirlwind, but it's cool. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna save it a little bit, but let's let's talk about the mall thing for a minute. You you've heard obviously I've heard from all all ends. I mean, 
I don't like to pretend that I know enough about the business to have like a bold opinion either way on this kind of stuff. Like I just, uh, I, I just saw it and just felt my butthole clench up. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> this, this guy, what is he doing? But, uh, so, so how do you, I guess talk about it for a minute. Like, how do you feel about it? Like with what people are thinking about it and, uh, just the stuff you're seeing. I'll say this, this is the only thing I'm going to say. I'll let him do the talking for it. Cause he's a professional. Something, you know, I have, a hundred, as his father, I have a hundred. I would never let my son do something I don't have faith in. But the criticism from social media is such BS. And this is an NWA podcast, but it's funny to watch him do it and be precise and nail something on the money. And you see so many people, even people in the business, even like wrestlers, current wrestlers, people who have jobs on in big companies, they say, oh, that's stupid. That's this, that's that. But when Cody Rhodes did it a week later off the top of cage, did a moonsault, and it wasn't as pretty. Very ballsy of Cody. Cody nailed it. But it wasn't as pretty, and it was more dangerous. Since it's Cody, they go kiss his butt and go, oh, that's so great, so death-defying, so this, that. Cody Rhodes is the hottest baby face in the business, blah, blah, blah. Props to Cody. But it's just funny how one guy can do something, and it can be dangerous, but because he has this big job or he has this boss position, they want to suck up to him. But the kid who's, you know, an amateur wrestler, multi-time state champion, been grinding for years and putting the work in, they don't share how great his amateur wrestling is. It takes this, you know, him doing this death-defying stunt to go viral. And then a lot of people crap on and say, this kid's an idiot. This kid can't wrestle. This kid can't do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, get, get out of here, bro. Yeah, I think if, if I had to, just to, to play devil's advocate for say, I think probably what some of those people would say is, um, well, I think a lot of people perceive it different since it's in the ring. And you right. were in the mall. And then a lot of people are like, well, Cody's making however much money he's making on his big money company right. and well, all so this they stuff. They don't know how much we're making. And they don't, you know, for me, the mall show was huge. And I and we had to do something iconic there because there's not wrestling shows in malls. There was WCW in 95. So for right. us, for us, you know, it was I was like, we need to do something on the show big to show how extraordinary us being having a wrestling show it wasn't a crap wrestling show it wasn't a backyard wrestling show it was enough sense that this mall had that we're so big here and we do so many great things in louisiana we just had a show in a arena that we put over 2200 people in but did that make publicity all over the, the websites no that this independent company that's been around has these great stars great matches great independent wrestlers coming out of louisiana drew 2200 people no nah, they just so we had the show in a mall because the mall Wanted us in there because obviously we're going to draw business in the mall. So they wanted us in there. Now the mall wants us to have every show there. Oh, really? Legit. That's awesome. They asked us if we could have all our shows in the mall. We did so well, and they did so well business-wise, they want us to come back repeatedly. What's it What's it like when you're standing up there, man? Did you have to – I'm glad you brought up the Cody Rose thing because I, I was thinking how funny – not funny, but when he went up, he just – he was right off. And I was like, man, he must have just not wanted to think about it. Like you took a second because you had to you had to kind of get over the rail and yeah. all that stuff. Like what what's going through your head when when all that's going on? Well, the only safety I would say, of course, I was being as safe as possible. But if I was going to do anything, I made sure I stepped over that railing and got there and planted my feet. That was the only thing I knew I had to do. I wouldn't want to rush that because, of course, if I slip, that's where it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be. Leap, I you know I didn't think it was going to be leaping off or. I think any other casualties, you know, like just are going straight down. I think going over the railing was the most important thing I had to do. And it, it was also at an angle. So I couldn't just, it wasn't just like straight railing. It had kind of like a curvature to it. 
Oh, yeah. I had to make sure I stepped over it properly because it's not, you know, it's just I couldn't get over it. No, I just went up there and I felt good. I just, honestly, like, I had no no nerves, no fear. You know, I did the sign of the cross. I jumped, you know what I mean? I, I was confident in myself. And that's what you got to do. You know, a lot of people say this and that, whatever. But I can't be nervous because if I'm nervous, that's when you mess up. You mess right. up when you're not confident. You know, if I would have thought, oh, man, what if I fall? What if I this? I can't think about those things. I had to go out there and just do it. And that's what I did. I jumped off. I landed perfectly right on right on the center of both the guys. Uh, team Fly Death, that's the team we're wrestling. From uh, Booker T's ROW. Who's a hell of a tag yeah, team, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Fly Death from, from Houston, Texas is a hell of a tag team. Yep. So cool. if you don't know those guys, those are definitely guys you should look up. Yeah, I have to look them but up. I caught, you know, I got caught. I landed. It was perfect. You know what I mean? You, you can't get any better than that. I knew I could do it. I wouldn't have done something I couldn't do. And I'm more mad based anyways. So for me to do this, you know, I, I had confidence in myself. You know, I get, I do two things from the top rope, a crossbody and a mean axe handle. Other than that, he's got that macho man accent. Yeah, there you go. No, you you mentioned the mat wrestling thing. I mean, I noticed that about you when I was watching the uh, Circle Square match. You you definitely seem like you got that amateur style down. Got a shirt. Show me shirt. You say wrestling. That's what I do uh, for. So I go to school. I go to college, and I also go coach my old high school. I'm an assistant coach there. That's my job. You know, I, I love it. I didn't go wrestle in college. There's no there's no college wrestling in Louisiana or anything close. So I decided to stay home and just start pro wrestling. But this is my passion. Well, the, the real reason, he, he didn't just decide to stay home. He had a full ride. He got offered yeah. partial scholarships to some colleges to leave the state, but not full scholarships. He had a full ride here in Louisiana to stay here. But unfortunately, there's no wrestling teams anywhere in Louisiana. So he could have went to any college in Louisiana and had a full ride. So he decided to stay home and just take what was available yeah. and, and start the, the pro wrestling journey. Yeah. And, Everything works well. out for itself, though. You know what I mean? I, yeah, man. Just, but, you know, I'm so glad to be coaching and stuff. But uh, I, I like to incorporate a lot. It's just different. Again, I'm not too acrobatic. I've started to tumble a little bit lately and just try to pick up other skills like that in the sense of, I guess, flipping and stuff. But that's not really something I've always liked to do. I, I just, I'm very technical when it comes to things. Even on mat wrestling, I, I never really did anything fancy when it came to moves and stuff in my matches. But um, it's just, I enjoy it. You know, I really like Kurt Angle and those guys when I was younger. Yeah, Kurt Angle was his favorite wrestler growing up. Oh, it was Kurt oh, Angle King. So yeah. as a kid, that, like, he was... And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story with that is uh, my first WWE match in 2003. Uh, obviously, I had some friends working for the company already because I'd been wrestling for a few years at that point. And this was the coolest thing is it was my first time at WWE. You got these rules. You don't ask for autographs. You don't take pictures with the guys. You don't, you know, you just that's any way you go. Right. It's, it's business. So right. I'm there doing business and a friend of mine, uh, Orlando Jordan, who's always been a dear friend of mine. Orlando had told Kurt how big of a fan that PJ was. So Kurt had came up to me backstage and said, Hey, I heard your son's a big fan of mine. Why don't you go get him? And, you know, I can say hello to him. And then keep in mind, it's my first time doing a dark match here, doing anything. I'm like, no way in hell. I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not burning these bridges. I'm not doing any of that stuff. So uh, Kurt's like, no, no, trust me. It's cool. Go get your son, bring him here. And he was, he was out in the crowd anyway. So I said, okay, well, he's here. So I call his mom. I said, look, bring him backstage. So we bring him backstage. And not only did Kurt meet him, Kurt took him. I wish we had a camera. They didn't have camera phones back then. Or if they did, I didn't have one. I think I had a yeah. Blackberry back then. But uh, Kurt took him all around. Let me introduce him to The Undertaker. Let me introduce him to John Cena. Let me introduce him to this guy and that guy. And just took him around the whole locker room. 
and spent some time with him. That was so cool. You know, mm-hmm. Kurt probably doesn't even remember, but I have so much respect for Kurt Angle just doing that alone, you know, being such a nice guy and coming over to us and making that happen. It, it was like it was making a kid's dream come true. It's always cool to hear those stories, too. Like I've had a few experiences and like, yeah, and you think the, the person probably doesn't even remember it, but just like. One little thing like oh, makes such a huge difference to somebody. Yeah, it means a lot. It's we, a lot of memories. We did the same thing with uh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's always been a close friend of mine. I see him and in the, the background there. Yeah, you yeah. see that picture of me and Matt up there when I was the Extreme Rising Heavyweight Champion. He was the MCW Heavyweight Champion. So uh, Matt, Matt's a good friend of mine, and uh, they came in for a house show. And uh, that tour, Kane was off of uh, – let me put the dog down. Yeah, go lay down. That tour with Kurt Angle, Kane was off of that. For might have been injured, might have been so who knows, right? I don't know. But Matt was actually feuding with Kane, and they had came in for a house show. And I think Perry was six. Yeah, six, like five or six. six or seven. Yeah, somewhere up in there. It's Roger Katrina. Yeah, and Matt said, "Hey, uh, why don't you bring Perry to the show and don't tell him we'll surprise him with Kane?" So I was like, "All right, cool." So we go to the house show and uh, we go into this little stage area backstage, and Matt says, "Keep him right here. Keep his back turned." So I said, okay, so I got his back turned. We're waiting, we're waiting. Kane comes walking up from behind and taps PJ on the shoulder and he turns around, looks up, and then you just see his face just go. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? This big grin because his kick is Kane sitting right there. You know, we hung out. It was me, him, and Shane. Me, me, Shane Helms, Matt Hardy, Kane hanging out. You know, he took all the pictures. And the best part about it is so then Matt and Kane go had their match later on. This is when they were fighting for Lita. Yeah, they were fighting for Lita. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Matt breaks out a chair and hits Kane a bunch of times with the chair in the ring. So he's crying. (laughs) And we get backstage. As soon as we get backstage, Matt comes walking up to us. And PJ just runs to him and just starts punching him backstage. (laughs) I hate you! everybody's laughing you know and we're trying to calm the situation down and calm the kid down what do you think it was about kane and, and kurt angle that stand out to you like i mean because they seem like, almost, almost yeah, yeah i was gonna say they seem opposite of each other yeah i i really couldn't tell you because i i like rikishi too and i just uh i thought they were just cool when i was a kid it was just like something i watched i remember watching brock lesnar too when i was a kid i just like kurt because i mean he was, I remember, you know, Olympic gold medalist, you know, he's coming out a hero. People were saying, you suck, you suck. But he, I would always remember he was just pretty good. Kane was just cool because he had fire and stuff like that. He's big. Yeah, he's just messed everybody up. I know? think that's what it is. As a kid, that's Kane's a character, yeah. right? You like, like as a kid, I loved Mr. Perfect. But right. as a as a child, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan were my favorites because just because of the, the showmanship, right? And right. The, 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 this, these, these superhero characters. Mr. Perfect was a heel, and there was something about him that really drew me to him. And the older I got, the more I liked him. But as a young kid, Warrior stood out the most. I liked Warrior better than Hogan. Ultimate Warrior was just this big superhero character. And I think that's the difference between, you know, it's like explaining the thing with him, with Kane and Kurt Angle. Like, you knew Kurt Angle was so good, you just had to like him. He was just so damn good. It was like, man, this guy is awesome. But as a child... You see this character with fire and explosive and a mask and all these cool different aspects of things that just draws a child to him. Not necessarily an adult draws a child to him. But then like, then at the same time, he was so damn good in the ring, right? Kane is right. one of the best big men to ever wrestle. Yeah. You watch his matches and the things he done. Taker, too. I mean, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life 
was from a SmackDown in New Orleans, Undertaker versus Kurt Angle. I think it was maybe 05, 06. Kurt Angle versus, uh, I mean, Kurt Angle versus Undertaker on a SmackDown. The match was so damn good from the uh, New Orleans arena. If anybody wants to go look that up, man, psh, watch that match. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I, I was just watching uh, the other day. It was like Angle and Benoit or something, but it was like from a WrestleMania or something. Oh, they yeah. like got yeah, after yeah. it. Like yeah, at the they, beginning, you were like, holy yeah. shit. Like these guys I think are. My, uh, my favorite match with them was from the Rumble 03. I think Kurt was champion and Benoit was going for the match uh, for the belt. But uh, man, that match was just so, so good. And so like technical too. It's just like, I love it. I can just sit there all day and watch it, you know. So, so Luke, did you train PJ like as far as the professional stuff, like mostly? Professional stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, who trained you? Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes, okay. Yeah, I trained in California. Well, I actually started prior to that here in high school with some turds in the Louisiana area because that was all that was available. And I mean turds, bro. These guys suck. But it was all I had available, and I always knew that. You know, again, that's what led me to opening up Wildcat here because I knew the South needed good wrestling. I just wanted to make sure before I did, I wanted to make sure I had the credentials and the time and everything. And I never felt I see these fly by night schools open up all the time. And I hated that. And I think because I knew what it was, you know, I didn't I, I didn't want to be bagging groceries at Walmart and then telling guys I'm a wrestler and teaching other guys to be a wrestler. I, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And that's it. And that'd be the only thing I'm doing and have the credentials to do that. Once I felt that I had that, it took me a while. I was like, OK, now's the time. For me to open up Wildcat. Now's the time for me to start training guys and getting Louisiana wrestling back on the map. And 2011. Us, yeah, it was 2011 when we opened up. So, uh, and I just felt like I had the experience then. And originally, me and Orlando opened it together because Orlando was living here and working for TNA. And like I said, me and Orlando have always been close, and uh, he was living here. So, it was it was a good time because Orlando wanted to open up one too, and we had always talked about doing something together. And it was it just happened, and then he ended up breaking his leg and moving to Australia full time. So that, you know, like three months into the business. So then everything switched and he went over there and I had everything on my own here. Yeah. I hear that New Orleans accent, man. I love yeah. that. Like a, <laughs> it's like that ghetto Cajun twang. <laughs> the the world needs more uh, NOLA wrestlers. Like they got, uh, what, oh, yeah. what did they have there? Lash LaRue. Do you know Lash LaRue? Yeah, but he's not really from here. He was from Georgia. Uh, oh, was he really? Was character. Yeah, oh, come on, character. man. You just like no, so broke I mean, my childhood. They based childhood. him out of Lafayette, Louisiana, but that was a character. But like, we got so many good guys at Wildcat that we're trying to get recognized. That are, look, I promise you, these guys can go with the best in the business right now. You take Matt Lancey, you take Jay Spade, guys like that. Uh, man, we got so many. We got a kid game, Nathan Bradley. We got Buku Dow. We got Chuck Devine. Jace Valor. Jace Val- Valor, bro. Jace Valor. That boy goes hard. It's just they're not getting these recognitions because they're from the South. And they're wrestling a lot. They're doing some cool things. And they're wrestling on these big shows around here. But they're not getting the love that guys that are on bar wrestling or guys that are on, you know, GCW or CZW or, you know, WrestlePro on the Northeast that are they, – they get a lot of love in those areas. For some reason, we don't get this social media love. We don't get this internet love. And like I said, we're outdrawing these guys. I mean, those are great companies. I love bar wrestling. I love – you know, they got some talented guys. But it would be nice for us to get some love as well. You know, for well, all the hard work we put in, we're going on nine years. Well, so, hey, you're, you're, you're paving the way right now, man. You, you, you're doing it. You, you do stuff like this. You get out there on social media. That's what me and my boy Adam are trying to do right now, just like getting ourselves out with interviews and like trying to make it, you know, make something for ourselves too with that same way. So like, uh, no, we're happy to help out. And like, I wanted people to get to know you guys because I, I saw you and you, you were good. 
like on the uh, Circle Square. But hey, may, maybe that's an opportunity for you guys to. to oh yeah, definitely. I've been wrestling 21 years, so it's always you know there's still people who didn't even know I was still wrestling. Yeah. It's crazy because I'm wrestling all over the world. I'm wrestling in England. I'm wrestling in Mexico. Just over the summer, I was on CMLL's biggest show. You know, so like it's like and I was one of the main features. So it's like. I'm wrestling internationally in Arena Mexico and on one of the biggest shows they have. And there's people online going, oh, I didn't know Luke Hawk still wrestled. Well, y'all need to hammer Lagana and get yourselves in the Crockett Cup. That's coming up. Oh, yeah. right. Hey, that's nice. up to them. I'm not asking for bookings. They want to put us in it. We would love to be in it. We tried to get in it last year. And there was talks of us getting in it last year when we were just starting. And uh, But I, I had actually I had a Mexican a Mexico booking then at the same date, so I couldn't do it. All right, well, we'll uh, hammer them for you then. I'll right? hammer them. Because, <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, the fans are the ones who matter, right? Yep. I mean, they get enough brainstorming. They get enough, you know, kicking the door down. That's the whole point of Circle Square, right? Right. That's what's the, exactly. exactly. That's the whole point of Circle Square. So you fans tell them out there that you want to see Hawks area and you want us, you know, they'll put us in it. We got some cool things coming up. I mean, we just booked some big this week that's going to be really a cool. I can't announce, but – when that comes out, that's going to be real cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. And uh, all right, tell me about Hawks area real quick. I don't want to hold you guys up all day, but like, uh, brother. I mean, it's uh, Mardi Gras here. We got praise to go to. It is Mardi Gras. Uh, here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the Hawks area thing in our in our post show we did. Like we were talking about, like Hawks Airy, where's that even come from? Blah blah. blah. We started getting like people started hitting this from the chat, like saying like, oh, Airy's like a nest or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, is that is that right? Are we on the right? That path? is right. So we're in the area right now, actually. Yeah, we're actually we're actually in the area. Yeah. So okay. we're, we're calling you from the area. Like I see, and I see some backlash on that. Some people love it. Some people are like, oh, I don't like the name. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It doesn't make sense because they don't know what the hell it means. Go online and Google it. Right. And then you find out what it means. You know, Aerie is a predator bird's nest. You know, and, and Hawks is our last name. Our, our last name is H-A-W-X. So it's something unique and it's different. Right. Right. No, we that's ain't cool. trying to be the Hawks Foundation or D-Generation <laughs> Hawks. Yeah, Hawks yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You should just do that every week. Like, just change it to a different one yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, but we try to be, be unique. We try to start our, our legacy. And our legacy is not doing something that somebody else already did. Our legacy is doing what we do and making others want to do what we do. And they already do that because so many people copy what we put out already. You know, yeah. as far as Wildcat goes, as far as Hawks goes, as far as the things I've done in the business, the moves I've created, it's cool. You know, uh, it's frustrating at times because sometimes you see something and we might not get the credit for it. But that doesn't mean my wheels ain't spinning. I'm not always trying to be inventive as well as him. He's yeah. always like, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, I need to come up with something. I'm trying to think, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And we just in the kitchen cooking up stuff, you know? We yeah. go to Wildcat, and we just hit that lab, and we just trying to put something together, yeah, man. Try, yeah, trying to – like, if you see our double hip toss into a backbreaker, nobody's ever did that before. You know, you haven't seen our NWA yet, but if you see – you watch the ROW videos, Reality of Wrestling – you know, you see it, we do it there. We got a mean backbreaker that we came up with. Nice. I went to look for that. Yeah, check That's, it out, man. Same there with my transitional moves. Too. His I mean, transitional moves. You, you yeah. saw my suplex there, my duck under suplex. I like to incorporate as much amateur stuff I can. Dude, I popped for yeah. that. Like, I, I, I did uh, reaction videos. They didn't use mine there, but I popped big time when I was watching that. I was like, oh, come on. What is that? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool to just kind of put those things together, and especially with our tag team moves and stuff like that, just getting things. I mean, 
you know, figuring out our styles. Cause we, we different styles, you know what I mean? I'm more technical based. He's he, very technical. And he, he can, he can technique anybody too, but he'd come in and just lay, lay the, lay the brakes down on everybody. That's what I do, bro. I'm a slinger. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a heavy hitter. I've always been a heavy hitter. I grew up fighting. I grew up in the streets. You know, I grew up in a boy's home. So it was like I was fighting literally almost every day, bro. I was getting in fist fights. So and I was known for laying people out. So uh, when I first got into wrestling, I wanted to do these high flying things because it was cool. And it was it was kind of really untouched. You know, you had Mysterio doing his thing on Nitro. You know, you had X-Pac doing some stuff. You had Jerry Lennon doing it in ECW. So I wanted to do these unique things. That's why I did like the 450 off the uh, Raven's Nest and uh, off the Crow's Nest in uh, ECW yeah. Arena. If you go back and watch, you know, Google it online, FEW, I did a 450 off the balcony through two tables with thumbtacks on it, Damn. which was like the craziest move in wrestling done then. That was – it doesn't get any credit today, right? But if you go back and even still today you watch it, it was the craziest thing in wrestling that anybody had ever did at that point. Yeah. Besides, like Mick Foley taking that big fall off the top of the cage. I was doing a 450 off a 10-foot-high balcony through two tables with thumbtacks. It was stupid. But I wanted to get my name out there. Yeah. Because, like, me punching somebody in the face wasn't what, what was going to sell. It's like I had to do something cool and unique, and I was doing those type of flips and these type of things. But then I eventually wanted to transition on into a main eventer, and I had to figure it out on my own because nobody was giving me advice. Nobody was telling me put weight on, do this, do that. I had to figure it out on my own that I needed to look the part. And I wanted to look like other guys. I wanted to look like Warrior. I wanted to look like Kurt Hennon. You know, these guys that had these good bodies, big arms, muscles. I didn't have that. I was a skinny kid. I didn't want to be a skinny kid. My, my thing was to go to the gym and learn as much as I can in the gym. And then outside of going to the gym and learning and trying to get big arms and this and that and get muscles, I started wanting to get as strong as I possibly can. I picked up powerlifting from working with Chris Bell and Mark Bell and C.T. Fletcher and those guys. And I was like, I see these guys move these massive amounts of weights. And I'm like, man, I want to bench press 400 pounds. I want to squat 500 pounds. I want to deadlift 600 pounds. So I started working towards that and figuring out how I could do that as well as I can aesthetically look as jacked up as possible. Not be this big fat powerlifter. I wanted to look jacked, but also be strong as an ox. And, you know, throw my kicks and everything out there and throw my agility in there. Because I can still do all the flips. I can still do a 450. I can still do my Halo moonsault. you probably seen that. You might not have. I'm going to bust that out soon. That I've been doing it for 20 years, you know, 20 plus years. I came up with it. The moonsault from the outside of the ring to the inside of the ring. So, you know, that's another unique move, something I came up with. So, and I could do that at 220 pounds. I could do 450s at 220 pounds. I just don't do them because I don't have to. I could throw a mean spin kick and take your head off. Well, you know, it's funny with the NWA stuff. Like one thing I've seen is like, you know, we just took that path ourselves on what we focus with with the NWA. But I watched like all of the other stuff. You, you see these people coming out of the woodwork with like fandom that were people that kind of disappeared from wrestling about the time that like WCW and everything disappeared. A lot of people, you know, stop watching as much. And we're seeing a lot of them come back and they'll come yeah. through NWA and they like that classic style. They like, like that, that old school feeling. Yeah. And the talking. Yeah. And I like it too, actually. I'm, I'm a fan of what NWA does. So, uh, and, and some some wrestling's hard to watch, bro. NWA yeah. is, is easy on the eyes and very inspirational when you watch. I mean, look, I'll give credit where credit's due. Nick Aldis, right? They picked the right guy. He looks like a champion. He talks like a champion. He walks like a champion. He's got that total package that it's crazy that it took this long for somebody to really 
get behind him and fire him up. That's a guy who just has everything. No, uh, I agree, man. Yeah. You, you know, and they got some great producers there. They got some great guys working backstage. And they got guys that are coming up that have wrestled for a long time and been like mentors behind scenes to guys that haven't really got that opportunity to be producers. And now they got guys doing that. So I think the NWA has a real good thing going. And I think it's probably, if not the best, one of the best options out there, products to watch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, obviously, I probably sound biased. What was it like for you guys? Did you did you do a video and send it in when they announced the Circle Square stuff? Or are you just nah, watching it already? Nah, or what? We had already what? been in talks a little bit. Like I said, we talked to him about doing Crockett Cup last year. It seemed like this was a spot where you know Dave reached out to me and he said, "Hey, you know, we get a lot of re- we had, they actually got a lot of requests to have us there. People reaching out, and he said uh, we got this new project we're working on." And it's kind of like this tryout deal. And I said, oh, look, I'm not in tryouts, bro. I've I'm, I'm been wrestling 21 years and I'm, you know, right. promoting my own stuff and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I, but, but then once he explained the concept of it, I said, man, that's really a cool, unique concept because it hasn't been done. Right. So I was like, I'd actually kind of be into something like that. And it's cool for him to do it as well because he's still young in the business. He got a couple of years in. And then uh, I was like, I really like the concept of that. And I think it gives guys potential. But it also makes me a little more hungry where I got to fight for something instead of just being Luke Hawks, the veteran. I get right. to come fight for something. It gives me a little fire behind me. and gives me some momentum to, to go after something, you know, and not just come in as a character, which I always like a challenge. You know, I, I'm not here to pay my dues all over again. Like I like you do so many times. Right. At the same time, I do like a little bit of challenge and uh and I don't like the road being straight ahead. Sometimes I like a little courage in there where I can fight for what or pick up some. Because I'm, I'm a student of the game. I'm always trying to learn. So anything I can learn new things from, I take it as a challenge for me. And it takes a, you know, only a way for me to get better. Yeah. Yeah. How did y'all feel like going back in there, like uh, watching your match and everything? Like, how does it feel like looking back on it and everything? It was cool. Go um, ahead. What you I'm, to, I'm doing all the talking, so let me get. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's a thing. I get fired but, uh, up, bro. I get fired up. <laughs> it's definitely cool. You, you can always be self-critical, especially for me. I it, I always watch things. I'm, I'm very nitty-gritty. I, to me, that's one of the best ways you can improve on yourself is really paying attention to yourself because if you just say, oh, I'm the best, I'm this and all this stuff, it could be true. But, you know, everybody has some kind of flaws or something like that. You know what I mean? So you really got to hear it over and over again. Yeah, everybody exactly. says they're the best. Everybody. Yeah. I'm the best in the world. Yeah. I'm the best in the world. I mean, we're the best tag team. We're the best this. We're the best. Not, not that we didn't say that either, but, you know, it's it's we're, we're putting a – But say we're proving it. Yeah. That's the difference between us and everybody else. And I said in the promo, we don't claim to be the best. We're proving we're the best. Yeah. The ABCs you know, we got and the XYZs. The ABCs right. and the XYZs. We don't just start something. We finish it. If you bad, yeah. we worse. I definitely. I like that, man. It took me a second. To, to go with, I was like, where's he going with the letter? Sorry to cut you off, PJ. No, I, no, uh, that's what it was. Everybody else, too, because everybody's like in the audience was like, what? ABCs, XYZs. And then they're like, oh, snap. That, and then you no, got the chair. You got the chair yeah. behind you. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we need to make that a shirt. Immediately, they're like, we need to make that a shirt for y'all. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. But, uh, I, the, the biggest takeaway, it's it's all a learning experience for me because this is, uh, I make three years, uh, in november i've only been doing this for about two and a half years so far and it's and, the thing uh, why he's telling it, he's been in almost three years two and a half years right he's already spent the whole summer in england wrestling on a camp wrestling tons of matches three times a day yeah. he spent time in mexico 
He's done like he's already went international several times and done different things. He's already wrestled with he's already wrestled at WWE. He's already wrestled at Ring of Honor. He's already wrestled for NWA. So he's got all these top companies. So young under his belt. He's got you know multi-time state champion amateur wrestling. He's my son. I'm very proud of him. But he's also half Spanish. He's bilingual. You know what I mean? Like he he was the homecoming king. He graduated top ten in his classes. You know he's a college student. There's not enough good things I could say about my kid. I'm very lucky to have such a fortunate son. That's so awesome. Yeah, and your head doesn't look too big, so that's good. No, that's it. Holding that's it together. Like, he doesn't, he's always working, bro. He's always trying to get better. And it, like I tell him, like he wants things tomorrow, but he understands he has to work for it. Yeah, and that's that's where I was going to go with this. Uh, to me, it was great just watching myself and watching us as a tag team. You know, it, it can't be any better because this is a, it's a big-time scale, you know what I mean? That's what I enjoy. We have TV down here at Wildcat and same thing with ROW when they put stuff on YouTube. But just getting to watch myself. And seeing what I do, my mannerisms in the ring, how I talk, how I how I do moves, how I sell, how I you know take a move, how I give a move, and the same thing with him. Paying attention to what he does, paying attention to what the other guys do. You really have to be a student of the game. It's it, this is the craft you have to do because not you're never going to improve. Like I said, I'm still young, but I'm picking up pretty quick, and it's just I'm getting there. But I'm I'm definitely enjoying the process, and this is just all it is. Is I'm gaining. I got a good coach in my dad. He's been doing it for over. 20 years now and like he's given his credentials and he said mine too but it's just it's fun i love it i love doing this i love being a tag team with him and you know wherever this takes us i hope you know we continue on the nwa but it's just a good experience for me and I, i'm still young so i'm soaking it in while i can and just trying to get better every day he's got a lot of road in front of him but people don't realize how much road he has behind him already yeah that's oh what's God. crazy like hearing you talk about that man I bet people would kill to have had so much experience as you've had already just at oh, your yeah. age, man. Like, it yeah. feels like there's no doubt you're all into yeah. something. Like, you're. Well, you're... That, you got to appreciate it. You know, that's what the main thing, you know. I, I, I'm trying not to let it get to my head because you know, we're all people, we're all wrestlers, stuff like that. But it, it's, it's great for me. I'm learning and I, I have to appreciate this because a lot of people don't get these opportunities. So I got to take it, the best advantage I can over it. Seize, seize the day, right? Seize the opportunity. And that's what I do every time. You know, I mean, he's taught me that from. I learned from all his experience because he's done it all, failures and successes. And there's no better way. It's he's my dad, so it's I'm, I'm he's learning. been a part of Rod. Yeah. So and, and we're two different people. I mean, we're totally two different people. We walk, we walk alike. You know, we we talk alike, we look alike, and sometimes there's a lot of ways we think alike, but we're also completely different people and characters. Where I still got a chip on my shoulder because of the way I grew up, and I had to fight for everything. I mean, look, I'm 21 years in, and I'm fighting for a spot on NWA. Right. 21 right. years in, done it all, done a lot of cool stuff. I'm in blockbuster movies. You know, I got these. I'm a Hollywood star. I'm not an A-list celebrity. I'm not claiming to be this A-list celebrity, but I'm a Hollywood star. I'm a Hollywood stuntman, Hollywood actor. I'm in and out of, you know, Los Angeles and all these films and all these. I've been in almost 100 different movies and TV shows, make a great living about. But I'm still fighting for a spot in a company like NWA. And I got a chip on my shoulder from that. Because some things I feel like I've earned a long time ago, but because I'm not friends with the right people, I'm not getting opportunities. I'm drawing 2,000 people in Louisiana, but the Internet's not giving me credit for it, and it drives me nuts. And so I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, and I'm ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody I have to. Legit. You're not just walking over me. You're going to have to beat me. There you and go, in man. In real life, and in, now on the other hand, you got my kid here who lived a sheltered life. I gave him everything I did not have growing up. Now, I missed time, right? I missed so much out of his life because I had to chase my dream and I had to chase this to put us where we are. But at the same time, you know, he had a brand new car when he was 16 years old. He had 
the schooling background. You know, he had, you know, he was in all honors. He had all this support. He got to go to wrestling. And, you know, my company funded his amateur wrestling team. So, like, I couldn't do those things because I didn't even have tennis shoes, bro. I didn't have a way back and forth to school. I didn't have no way to get to practice or do any of that stuff. I didn't know how I was going to eat when I was a kid. Legit, I didn't know how I was going to eat. Like, I was going to the mall and stealing money out the fountain so I could go get a hamburger because I didn't have food at the house because my mom was blowing money on drugs. He And he understands all that. And that's what, it, like you said, all that makes me appreciate it more. You know what I mean? Because I know what he didn't have, and I know what my, my family sacrificed for me. And it's the same thing in wrestling. You know what I mean? I can, you know, I appreciate it. But I'm also hungry as well because I know how bad he wants it and how bad I want it. I've wanted it ever since I was a little boy. You know what I mean? And this is what I want to do. So me being his son, it doesn't change anything. I, I'm still as passionate. I'm still as hungry. And I know I got to go out there and do my best, not only for myself, but for him as well, you know, for us to succeed. And while we're on that subject, I want to say one thing. I want to give a huge shout out to his mom, his grandmother and his aunt, because without them, it wasn't just me. They allowed me to opportunity. when I was going to California and when I was going to Philadelphia and I was living in Florida and doing all these different things, chasing wrestling. They were the ones making sure. Telling him that dad loves him, his dad loves him, making sure that he was fed, making sure he was going to school, making sure his homework was done. So they were the ones putting that work in. So, you know, and now the payoff is where we can do this stuff together. So, like, I really couldn't have did it without them, and I'm so appreciative of them. That's that's exactly the kind of stuff, though, that people like to hear. That's what they want to know. I, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys is to hear a little bit more about who you are as people because we got to see what you can do. We got to see the the stuff in the ring, and you were up against uh, two tough looking customers too, two bad boys. Again, <laughs> awesome competitors. Yes, you know those yeah. guys were hell of hands in the ring. They were, man. I know Jeff Lewis Neal for a long time, so uh, you know another guy who hasn't got really in a good opportunity to shine, but deserves the opportunity. Literally, was on the phone with him right before I talked to y'all, like because <laughs> I'm talking to them tomorrow. So uh, okay. We're going to try to work it out. Like I, I wanted, you know, as far as what we're trying to do, we wanted to try to give everybody in that circle squared thing the same opportunity. Like get your voice yeah, out yeah, there and get hurt. Because people are interested, man. People want yeah, to know just, more. About you. Just make sure we look better than them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably not hard to do. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They, they were kind of the same way. Like he, he was like. When I first had talked to him about it, he was like kind of distant. I don't know if he had something else going on. All of a sudden. uh after the last interview popped out with Marty Bell and stuff, he started hitting me back up. And then he talked to him today, and he's like, yeah, we'd like to do it. You know, we, we wanted to take another chance on the show. And I was like, well, I'm talking to the Hawks area boys. He's like, all right, well, let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's fun. It's fun to see the competitiveness, too, and, and everything. But uh, oh, yeah. hopefully this will get you guys. We'll uh we'll put this stuff out on the social media and try to get people to – to recognize, you know, that, that their voice counts in this. People want to people want to know more about you and see who they support. They can uh, check this interview out and see it, and hopefully they'll retweet it and get you guys out there and, and, and start opening up those bookings like you're talking about, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, like I said, we were busy before, but just this last couple of weeks from everything with the NWA oh, stuff, the viral video, yeah. like, man, it's going crazy. And that's what we yeah. want anyways. You know, that's, that's what we're trying to get. You know, got to be grateful for it. Got to be ready. Yeah, yeah, you look ready, man. You you guys look like you're ready to go. I, I want to see just, more of you, you guys. We just got home from the gym, bro. We yeah. Legit. We, were, we were out at the parades last night, and, you know, we woke up early this morning, went to the gym, then they walked in from the gym and came to you. So it's it's never stopped working. Well, we appreciate you guys doing it. Tell everybody where they can find you on, on all your uh, social media and websites and all that stuff. 
You can find me everywhere at PJ underscore H-A-W-X, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, you should also check out Wildcat Sports, Wildcat with a K. So W-I-L-D-K-A-T, Sports and Entertainment. You can check that, us out at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. Uh, I think we have what, – what else do we uh, – We've got everything, it? bro. Yeah. Check it out. You know, if you want to watch Wildcat's biggest show ever – the one where we drove to Revolution, it's people. called Revolution, Revolution Rumble. Rumble. That's up for free on YouTube, on the Wildcat YouTube. And then if you want to follow me personally, again, all the social media, mine's at LukeHawks504, L-U-K-E-H-A-W-X-504. And uh, Bo doesn't have any social media, but every now and then you'll see him on mine. You, you can get it's, him started. He's Yeah, this is his first podcast, by the way. Oh, Bo, perfect, man. First podcast? A debut. I like oh, that. God, he loves to lick my face. <laughs> I don't know what it is with him and licking my face, but yeah. Tell, tell the people hello, Bo. Tell them where they can find you at. Tell them where they can find you. Right here, look. Right here. There you go. Yeah. There we go. He's like most people I talk to. He could care less. Yeah. He's, he's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. No, thank no, you. Thank- <laughs>